This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast, putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now here's the executive editor of FireRescueOne.com and FireChief.com, Chief Mark Bashore. Thanks for joining us here on Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast. Today we're going to be speaking with firefighter Matthew Broom about financial planning for firefighters. Before we start that conversation, let's recognize our sponsor. This episode of the Side Alpha Podcast is sponsored by E.F. Johnson, a JVC Kenwood company. As a leader in mission-critical communications for more than 90 years, we have made it our mission to make safe simple. So we know firefighters and other emergency service folks have uh, some pretty unique challenges in their lives. 24-hour shifts, uh, all the traumas, all the stresses from everything they do just in normal business. That leads me to our guest today. Firefighter Matthew Broom. You might be asking, what does a firefighter know about financial planning? In fact, I know lots of folks that would be looking at a lot of firefighters they know saying just the same thing. Well, let me introduce a bit to you about who Matthew is. Matthew Broom is a firefighter paramedic with the Gwinnett County, Georgia Fire and Emergency Services. He's been a member of the Hazardous Materials Response Team since 2016. Prior to joining the fire service, Broom graduated with a BBA in business economics from Georgia University. And in 2017, he began his certified financial planner coursework at the University of Georgia. After passing the certified financial planner exam, Broom launched Forward Focus Financial Planning to help firefighters and their families accomplish their financial goals. He has since transitioned into focusing on financial education and literacy within the firefighter community. Matthew is also host of the 2448 podcast, which focuses on helping firefighters find success on and off the job. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. Thanks for having me on, Chief. I appreciate you being here. We're going to jump right into uh, having a discussion about finances and uh, something that, you know, a lot of uh, folks try to avoid. In fact, I was reading um, just a, uh, an article yesterday about um, marriage and how financial discussions are the number one argument amongst families. So we'll get into all that as we go along, but let's jump right into the questions here. What makes first responders or firefighters' finances unique, and why do firefighters need to pay particular attention to their bank accounts? So when it comes particularly to personal finance, I actually don't find that uh, there's anything specifically unique to the firefighter population. And I say that because the principles of personal finance transfer, whether you're an accountant, you're a firefighter, you're a cop, doesn't really matter. The, the principles are mostly the same. And I've basically got four rules to find financial success. Uh, the number one rule is spending less than you make. If you can't spend less than you make, it's very difficult to make headway on your financial goals. Number, number two is to uh, avoid obvious mistakes. That's things like building up extreme you know, amounts of credit card debt. It's extremely hard to get ahead when you're paying 18%. Uh, number three is to save as much as you reasonably can. And number four is to avoid financial envy, meaning don't focus on keeping up with the Joneses. Now, those are principles that apply to anybody. It doesn't matter, like I said, whether you're a firefighter or an accountant or, or whatever. So those as a firefighter, we face a lot of challenges, uh, one of which is that you you come into a job that you don't ever really expect to make a huge income or necessarily become rich, 
But that doesn't mean that you don't have the opportunity to do so with adequate money management. And that starts with that rule number one of spending less than you make. If you can learn how to live on your base salary as a firefighter, there's many ways that you can actually increase your income, picking up side gigs, working overtime. There's a lot of ways that you can accomplish your financial goals as long as you learn to live on at least that base salary. But what I do think is actually unique about the fire service as a whole when it comes to personal finance is that I see the industry changing. Uh, it's happened at my department. We have moved away from a pension system in the mid 2000s, probably 2005, 2006, well before I was there. And they've moved to a 401k style 457b um, retirement type plan to where the responsibility of planning for retirement has shifted from the organization, government entity, to the individual. And personally, I'm a big fan of that. I think it gives you a lot more flexibility, gives you a lot more responsibility, but you have the opportunity to take your financial future by the reins, take it in your own control. And with you know the proper planning and, and uh, saving, you can do quite well. But what I've seen in most entities that have gone that way, they have abdicated their responsibility of planning for that firefighter's retirement via the pension, and they haven't supplemented it with any type of education or literacy. So I remember my first day on the job, we showed up. Luckily, I had an interest in this stuff, and they passed out all of our benefit paperwork, said, here you go, figure it out. We need it back by tomorrow. And I looked around the room, and everybody's faces were blank. They didn't know what these different investments were. They didn't know what a 401A was. They didn't know what a 457B was. And the feeling in my gut was just awful to see, you know, a, a room of 30 guys and gals about to start a career with no specific education or literacy around how to make a decision as impactful as saving for retirement. So I think that is actually unique to us as that move has been made within the private sector decades ago. And now, uh, you know, governments tend to lag behind the private sector a little bit. So as the decades roll on 20, 30 years down the road, you're seeing more and more fire departments move away from the old style pensions because they're honestly just uh, a liability that the entities quite often can't bear. And they're moving towards these 401k style investments, which, like I said, are very good if you have the, the discipline to save and invest over the long term. But it's going to take some education uh, as you know more more and more fire departments make that transition. So with the you know, focus on wellness within the firefighter community, you hear a lot about mental health, physical health. There needs to be a specific uh, focus on financial health because with the amount of you know the suicide rate and the, some of the mental health concerns that we see in the fire service, quite often that can be related to the job, but I would imagine more often than not, it's kind of a multitude of factors. And how many times money plays into that, we don't really know. But as you said earlier, just to start this off, that money is the number one thing couples fight over. So if you're not you know, managing your money adequately, it could very easily lead to a poor mental health outcome. So I would love to see more and more fire departments take kind of this, you know, I love that they're focusing on the wellness aspect, specifically the mental wellness, physical wellness is a big part, but take that financial wellness into account as well. And focus on more of the whole man, whole woman concept of making sure that, you know, they have a solid foundation in all these regards. And they all kind of build into each other to make that person more uh, mentally focused and prepared to come to do the job. Because they're not worried about how they're going to pay their bills. They're not worried about, uh, you know, having to work endless hours of overtime to make ends meet. They've had enough education to where they are managing their money adequately. They have a long-term financial plan and they feel comfortable about where they're at. Now, as far as uh, paying attention to the bank accounts, the analogy that I like to use with this is that that bank account, uh, whether it's checking, savings, whatever, 
probably have a combination of those. I like to view that kind of as like the, the, uh, the pump and the tank on your engine. Uh, and then you've obviously got the supply line coming into that. That's your income. And then your pump panel is your budget. So basically you've got, uh, you know, your reserve water in your tank. You've got your pump telling your water where to go. You're pulling the levers with that budget. And those are kind of a system that you have to develop as the money comes in. You tell it where to go in your budget and then you, you know, you send it wherever it needs to go, whether that's paying off debt, whether that's saving and investing, uh, whatever it is, you have to come up with a plan for your money before uh, it escapes you as a, I can't remember who said it, but you know, budget is just telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. I think it was John Maxwell. That's something that has got to be done before uh, the money comes in the door and goes out, and then you're just left wondering where it went. So, you know, if if we showed up on a fire scene and you know you caught water and you had water coming into your engine and you didn't know where it went, that would be a major issue. <laughs> but we do that with right. our, right. With our money all the time. So. It comes in. We don't know where it goes. We're stressed. We're living paycheck to paycheck. And one of the simplest things you can do is just create a budget and create a plan for your money on a month to month basis. Yeah. And we know that when uh, firefighters have trouble at the pump panel, bad things happen. So uh, using that same analogy, uh, that that same analogy that uh, uh, if that's your uh, money, if you don't do well with your money, bad things can happen. You made yeah. a, a good point about uh, defined pension plans. Uh, you know, they they can be great. Um, defined pension systems can be great, but they do seem to be going the way um, of the dinosaur. So I, I don't know that there's uh, there's a lot left in that for a lot of folks that uh, like myself who retired under one of those systems. So I can only, uh, in a lot of cases, hope and pray that uh, the the stability of that system stays to where uh, it does support. So uh, great stuff. And that's that's a major concern for folks who are retiring right now under those pension systems, because, you know, back 2007, 2008, 2009, we saw many pension funds have some serious issues and benefits were cut. And, you know, those are things that we don't ever want to see happen in the public safety population. But it can be a reality that, you know, not every government entity manages money appropriately for their employees. And so it's something that you at least want to have in your mind just in case, you know, worst case scenario and be planning for that type of thing. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, as we as we think about uh, that whole financial picture, let's let's make a comparison to size up. Uh, so you know, firefighters, we just did a, a good comparison there to the pump panel. So firefighters are pretty well versed in the concept of size up, and um, you know, how does that transist to a financial size up? How can they do that that same comparison we just did? And, you know, how can uh, how can they know um, that what they're doing and, and, and what they need to do, what changes they need to make? How do they know that? So it's just like when we show up on the scene of a fire. First thing we got to do is we, figure, we have to figure out what's going on. What's the current situation and what are we going to do to remedy it? It's the same thing with your your financial situation. If you. know don't really know what your cash flow situation is like if you don't understand you know your net worth those are things that you got to figure out there's really two points that you have to size up if you want to find financial success basically where you are today and where you want to go it's very similar to the analogy of like a a cross-country road trip you know depending on where you start and where you want to go the directions are going to be different so you've got to size up where you are where you want to go 
Now, as far as where you are today, I would suggest starting with evaluating your cash flow because cash flow is the fuel that moves your economic engine forward. If you don't have the additional cash flow in your budget, I like to call it GPMs, goal prioritized money. If you don't have that excess cash flow in there, it's very difficult to pay down debt, save emergency savings, invest for the long term, those types of things. So you've got to go going back to that budget. It's extremely important. You've got to analyze that, make sure you're prioritizing uh, having some excess cash flow in there to, to direct towards your financial goals. Then you can sit down and calculate your net worth. Now, that probably sounds kind of weird to a lot of firefighters to sit down and calculate your net worth, but it's actually quite simple. Just your assets, which are the things that you own, minus your liabilities, which are the things that you owe, and whatever's left over is your net worth. So this kind of gives you a snapshot of where you are today in your wealth building, financial freedom journey, whatever you want to call it. So I say that it's, it's great to find out where you are today because once you start building that net worth statement, which you could just Google how to make a net worth statement, there's going to be hundreds of articles across you know, a ton of great personal finance sites that are going to kind of walk you through step by step how to do that. You're going to sit down, you're going to have to pull up bank statements, credit card statements, mortgage statements, all these types of things, pull all this information together. And, you know, the more information, the better. It's just like when we show up on a fire scene, if we have good information on the MDT, we show up, we get a good, you know, walk around of the house. We, we know where the fire's at. We know, you know, we get um, an account from the homeowner that maybe nobody's in there, that type of thing. We're gathering all this information. The more information, the better decisions we can make. And the same thing with your finances. So once you put that net worth statement together, you see, oh, wow, I've got, you know, I, I had no idea I had $12,000 of credit card debt. Maybe I need to come up with a plan to pay that off. Because like I said, when you're paying 18%, it's very tough to get ahead. So that uh, snapshot of where you are today then allows you to start to plan where it is you want to go. And you know, it, there's going to be twists and turns on that cross-country road trip for sure. There's never a, a direct point to getting from point A to point B when it comes to your money, but you've got an aim and that's kind of the important part. You know, you, you've, you've taken aim, uh, now you can fire, head in that direction, and you can expect some bumps along the way, but, you know, take a detour. It's going to be okay. You'll get there eventually and just stay on the, on the you know, in the appropriate direction on your path towards whatever your financial goals are. So once you've Kind of sized up where you are today and where it is you want to go but now you've got to start creating actually you know kind of tangible goals and objectives just like on a fire scene we've got goals you know strategic goals tactical objectives obviously saving lives protecting property that's kind of the overarching goal but within that we've got to do search we've got you know uh, fire suppression ventilation all sorts of other tasks that have to get done and Say you have a goal of you know becoming debt free and building an emergency fund, which is a fantastic goal to have. Well, there's going to be a lot of tactical objectives that fall underneath that. First off, you're going to have to analyze that cash flow, create a budget. You got to create a cash flow plan on a month to month basis to make sure you have the excess cash flow to pay down that debt. Then once you you know find that extra cash flow, you optimize some expenses. Maybe you increase your income by picking up some overtime. Then you can create a debt pay down plan and you can figure out how long is it going to take me to pay off this debt as quick as I can. Then once you kind of have a roundabout date of you know when you think you're going to be debt free, then you can decide, okay, well now I have a good grasp of my cash flow. What are my month-to-month -month expenses? Uh, you know the rule of thumb for an emergency fund is three to six months of expenses. I, I now have a very good grasp of what my monthly expenses are. So how long is it going to take me to save up that three to six months? And how much do I need? Do I need three months? Do I need six months? And that's a very personal question, but something that you got to think about. Now you've set these objectives that, you know, feed right into your strategic goal. Then you just get on the path to doing it.
Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, getting those objectives to where they're manageable, uh, you know, that really takes me to my next question for you. And that's if you figured out where you are, you figured out uh, where you want to go, you figured out your net worth, you've got your goals, and now you set those objectives. So how um, can firefighters, uh, well, probably better ask, what are the main factors firefighters should focus on to strengthen their financial health to be able to achieve um, those goals? So this kind of goes back to the, the financial principles we discussed right off the bat. Uh, you can strengthen your financial health and preparedness by avoiding obvious kind of financial stupidity or obvious mistakes that people make. I mean, if you ask anybody what leads to a poor financial outcome, bankruptcy, whatever it may be, just struggling paycheck to paycheck, the answers that are going to come to mind are going to be almost the same for everybody. I would say number one would be credit card debt. So a great way to strengthen your financial health and preparedness is just avoid credit card debt. And if you've already got the credit card debt, well, then just create a plan to to pay it off, kind of like we just walked through in that last scenario. I typically recommend utilizing the debt snowball method to pay off your debt, which is basically you pay, list them smallest to largest. Any Dave Ramsey fans out there, they know what I'm talking about. You pay off that smallest one first, roll it into the next one, you just keep going. Eventually, that snowball's got a ton of momentum and you're debt free in no time. It's a fantastic way to get some small psychological wins on the front side and really pick up some momentum as you become debt free. In addition to avoiding debt, Maintaining that emergency fund is extremely important for preparedness. It's a lot of times firefighters don't, you know, they, they see a bunch of cash sitting on the sidelines and they want to go do something with it. You know, it's tough to see if they have an emergency fund in place, you know, you see 10, 15, $20,000 sitting on the sidelines. They think they ought to be earning some type of interest on that, but. Or buying a boat. Or buying a boat. Yeah. Which right. yeah, I've, I've had yeah. boats before, bust out another thousand. You know what I mean? Right. What, <laughs> but uh, that emergency fund is actually insurance and you pay for insurance. So the interest that you're not earning on that money is basically a payment for your insurance on day to day financial chaos. I know within the first year of purchasing our home, the roof leaked, the laundry room flooded, my car broke down. You know, it's just one thing after the next. But we had an emergency fund in place that my sleep wasn't interrupted at all. And when I'm at home, I really enjoy my sleep. And that emergency fund is what kind of provides it for me. And it's kind of a it can be a little bit redundant to have months and months of expenses saved up. But, you know, your normal structure fire, residential structure fire, every uh, department may be a little bit different. But, you know, we have three engines, a truck, a squad company, two battalion chiefs, med unit, whatever. Do you really need three engines there? No, you need one and some water and some hose. But if you have a problem with that engine, it's good to have a couple in reserve. So it's kind of the same thing with having months and months of expenses stored up. You want some redundancy in the some redundancy in there. You don't want to be cutting everything so close that the slightest financial mishap causes chaos. That's that's uh, great stuff, Matt. Uh, it gives us a lot to think about. We'd now like to take a brief moment to recognize our sponsor, E.F. Johnson, a JVC Kenwood company. When the mission is critical, no one has time for complexities. Kenwood's Viking Fire Safe software enhances communication awareness in a dynamic fire scene environment, allowing firefighters to focus on the mission at hand. We know that you rely on radio communications as your lifeline. 
That's why Kenwood is committed to providing you high-quality P25 portable and mobile radios that are easy to use. We make safe simple. Visit us online at www.efjohnson.com. We're talking with Matthew Broom, and uh, we've got a lot of great stuff here on uh, uh, financial success for firefighters. Uh, we'll we'll capture some at the end here, but I've got a couple more questions for you, uh, Matthew. You know, things have gotten really tough in the last year. Um, really, it has been a full year with COVID. And, you know, I, I've seen lots of uh, anecdotal good and bad about uh, the financial pictures. But can you specifically speak to how COVID has affected finances for firefighters in general? Yeah. And to anybody out there who has been adversely affected by the COVID pandemic, whether financially or maybe lost a loved one or whatever, my, my you know, thoughts and feelings go out to you. It's been a very weird time based upon where you live in the country and how everybody's reacted differently. And, you know, I, from my own personal situation, I'm a firefighter. My wife is a nurse. Uh, we've had all the work that we could possibly want in the last nine months. So, you know, earning and, an income. Has and on top of that, a new uh, child. Yeah. And, and a new baby added to the mix. So, so it's been, a firefighter, a nurse and and a new child. Boy, that is a complex set of issues there during this COVID crisis, let alone your personal situation. Yeah. So I'm sorry. She, to uh, and she's an ER nurse, too. So she was a real trooper working in the ER wow. the whole time. Right well, up to, right up to the time she she you know had our son. So she was she was a real trooper. I don't I was extremely proud of the way she handled the whole situation. So. I, I complain about having to wear a mask on medical calls. Meanwhile, she's gowned up and masked up every day, all day for 12 hours straight. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But, so how's this affecting firefighters? How, uh, how should they be looking at finances during this COVID? I think it goes back to, you know, just in my lifetime. And COVID has been an odd one. But, you know, pandemics have happened throughout the history of humanity. There's things that we see kind of recurringly. But financial problems crop up. Every so often, just in my lifetime, there was the 2001 tech bubble, 2007-8 financial crisis. Uh, I obviously like to research a lot of this stuff. So there's actually some kind of esoteric stuff that happened in the 90s that almost caused chaos. But the Federal Reserve did a good job of kind of quelling some of those problems. So financial chaos is kind of always lurking. It's always there. You never know sometimes what's going to set it off. Nobody saw this pandemic coming. And that's where there's, there's a great line that I've kind of pieced together from a financial planner named Mitch Anthony and also a video I think I saw on uh, Fire Rescue One. And it's it's always better to prepare than to repair because when it hits the fan, it's too late to plan. And yeah. that is not exactly helpful for somebody who's struggling right now and in the middle of the, the pandemic. But you got to know that we're going to come out of this eventually. And no one really knows when that'll happen and whether incomes will come back to what they were. And, you know, most firefighters, you know, career firefighters anyways, are they're they're probably able to earn a, a at least what they were making, plus probably more in overtime based on staffing issues from folks being out with COVID and this and that. So as far as an income standpoint, it hasn't been, you know, that bad for firefighters. But then you consider the dual income household has been an issue. You know, the, the, the houses that rely on having two incomes, a spouse that works. And if that job has gone away, that brings a lot of stress to the firefighter household. 
So if you're in a situation to where you are not, you know, prepared for something like this, well, you've got to just focus on doing the best you can with what you've got. And that's basically, you know, taking care of your housing, transportation costs, food, you know, the things that are really going to keep you living a reasonably nice lifestyle. Uh, not that, you know, maintaining minimum payments on your credit cards and all that stuff is nice, but when it comes down to it, you can pay those later. You've got to take care of your family if you're really struggling right now. And that's, that's really most important, but use this time as a time of reflection to think if you are really financially struggling, like I said, my heart goes out to you. Remember that it's better to prepare than to repair. And when times start, you know, changing, the tide starts turning, you start doing better, start thinking about how you can be a little bit more prepared for the next time that something like this happens. And that's not the best advice for somebody who's struggling right now, but it's very difficult to, you know, as uh, Warren Buffett likes to say, when the tide goes out, you see who's skinny dipping. And that's happened to a lot of folks, unfortunately. A lot of people were left skinny dipping in this situation that was totally out of their control. And nobody, even if you have a, you know, a large emergency fund saved up, you know, if you're out of work for nine months, that's that's long been dried up. And, you know, trying to do whatever you can to increase your income by picking up side gigs and doing this and that. You just got to do what you do what you can to make ends meet. And kind of a last uh, last um, last resort is you start reaching for some of those the savings that you had in the 401k and, and some of those types of things. You don't you don't want to interrupt that uh, compound interest that is working in your favor. But if you're really having a hard time making ends meet, let, that's funds that you can reach for and and you know take care of your family with. So don't. Don't be too prideful to get into that money if you absolutely have to. But it's certainly a last resort to tap into the the long-term retirement savings. Yeah. yeah. You know, folks, we're talking about a lot of complex issues here. Um, you know, finances are not, um, uh, they're, they're not the elementary school of what we do. Uh, there is a lot of complex stuff here, and you can read a lot more from uh, from Matthew on FireRescue1.com and a lot of other sources as well. But Matthew's got a lot of great stuff out there uh, that you can read about this uh, and, and kind of go deeper into each one of these areas that we've talked about. And that brings me to the really the last section here, and that's to talk about uh, pensions. Uh, you know, I have talked to lots of folks on the mental side, and you talked, and I'll capture that point at the end about thinking about financial health that we don't talk about so much, but I talk to folks a lot of times up on the mental side of retirement, and when they're ready for retirement, and folks say, yep, I'm at my 20 years, I'm at my 25 years, I'm ready to go, and when that clock hits, I'm pulling that trigger, and I look at the mental side, you're looking at the financial side, which is great, and my question to them is, what is your purpose? And I've had more than one person stop in their tracks and sit back in their chair and ponder what their purpose in life was going to be when they retired. Your focus is how are you going to afford that purpose? And because that purpose of life is is something that a lot of folks aren't really prepared for. So talking about pensions, how can firefighters uh, choose the right option for them? How do they know what the right option is? What what tips can you give them? And I, I actually think the question that you're asking their chief is the right question to ask, whether you're talking about mental health or financial health, because 
you know, everybody knows the firefighter who retired after 25 or 30 years and was just kind of lost afterwards, you know, was maybe uh, institutionalized as we like to tell my captain he is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, let me get him on the phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's got 30 years on the job and he's coming up on retirement sometime soon. And it's, it's, it's something that you got to think about what's next, what's that purpose. And, you know, if you've uh, worked for a, a career department that has a, a nice pension, odds are the money is not going to be the problem. Now, there are some complexities there where you have to decide what's going to be most appropriate for your family. But for most people, it's figuring out what's next. What's what are you going to move on to? Because, you know, you know, how it is for most of us, we're, we're go getters. We're busy bodies. We want to be doing things. And, you know, for some people, that's purpose, maybe working in their church, volunteering, uh, maybe picking up a side business, cutting lawns or, you know, doing whatever. Yeah, but you need to have some idea of what is next, not just going into retirement with the idea that you're going to be sipping margaritas, fishing all day, because margaritas start to get sour after a couple of weeks, I would imagine. <laughs> so, and you know, that's not going to lead to a very healthy, uh, long retirement like most folks wish for. So finding that next mission, I'm, I'm a big fan of listening to Jocko Willink, uh, which I'm sure many of your listeners are too. Whenever he talks to military guys, uh, when they're getting out, you know, it's a big problem they have. What's your what's your next mission? And it's the same way with fire service personnel. You got to figure out what is your next mission? What are you moving on to? What are you going to fill your time with? Is it going to be just, you know, spending time, you know, being granddad, being with grandkids as much as it is? Or, you know, it's a great time to get into another starting a business for a lot of guys. You, you get to a point that you've got so much. I would imagine, Chief, I know you've you know, had a lot of high level command, this great managerial uh, experience that applies in all sorts of industries. So, you know, relatively uh, firefighters retire young and you still got a lot of a lot of yeah. go get them in you. So you can move on to a second career and earn probably above and beyond what you were earning at the at the fire department if you if you wanted to. But it comes down to just sitting down and really thinking, being kind of introspective in what's next. Now, actually, on the financial side of it, most pensions have a few different payout options. They have a straight life annuity, which typically offers your your highest payout, which is just based off the life of the annuitant or the firefighter, the person who earned that pension. When they die, <clears throat> the pension goes as well. Now, the second option that quite often they offer is called a 10-year certain in life annuity, which is basically they guarantee a certain... This, is typically your second highest payout. They guarantee a 10-year period that they will pay out this money. Then past that, if you're still alive, they will continue to pay until the death of the annuitant. And at that point, the pension goes away. And then you get into what's called a joint and survivor annuity, which most uh, you know married couples start to look at. And those have different levels to them. Uh, the 100% joint and survivor annuity is going to offer you your lowest payout because if the firefighter was to die young, the payout will continue to the spouse for the rest of his or her life. Uh, the highest payout on that scale would be the 50% joint and survivor annuity, meaning once the firefighter dies, that benefit is cut in half for the rest of the spouse's life or whoever the beneficiary is of the pension. Right. Now, how to actually make that selection is very personal. You know, it comes back to kind of evaluating, doing that size up again, evaluating where you are, looking at, you know, your other savings. If if you were to if you selected the straight life annuity to maximize your payout, do you have enough savings between 
you know, other retirement savings, social security. If you qualify for social security, many fire departments don't pay into the social security system. Uh, do, between all those other income sources, do you have enough there to sustain your spouse's lifestyle? And a lot of that comes down to the expense side of the equation. It is huge for retired firefighters to pay off their house, which is quite often the biggest expense for most folks going into retirement because that pension paycheck goes much further if you don't have a mortgage on the on the balance sheet. But sure. when you come down to making that decision, you've got to start weighing some of those things. And that's there's no hard and fast rule on how exactly to do that. I've got some great uh, I'm kind of an Excel nerd. I've got some great calculators that I have in Excel format. If anybody is interested in looking at those, I'm more than happy to send them to you or maybe even sit down with you and walk you through a scenario. Uh, my email is Matthew at the 2448podcast.com. I'm more than happy to share those with folks. And it kind of shows you some of the, the differences between the plans, which one might work best for you. And, you know, I, I, like a, just for example, a situation where I could see the 10-year the certain in life annuity working out well, maybe a... Um, a single firefighter that does have a child and maybe spouse has already passed or something along those lines and they retire and their kid is maybe in college and they want to make sure that they can pay for that college for a certain amount of time. Well, if you take that 10 year certain, you know, you're going to have that payout for 10 years. If you pass away, you know, that payout can go to your child while they're in school to continue paying for that. So these things are very situational as to, to which option that, you know, you want to select. So you want to be very thoughtful about it. But really what it comes down to for me, once again, is the sleep factor. Uh, if even if you could very easily sustain your spouse's lifestyle off of other savings, if you don't feel comfortable, if you're going to lose sleep unless you leave her or him 100 percent of your pension, then select the 100 percent option because you can't put a price tag on a good night's sleep, especially in your cool. retirement years. So you do have to do some financial analysis and be thoughtful there. And depending upon your expense level and other income sources kind of, you know, uh, ebb and sway, you know, which option you you should select. But a big part of it is what's going to help you sleep at night. I mean, is, is that, you know, are you so worried about your spouse being taken care of after you're gone that you're not going to sleep unless, you know, him, him or her gets that 100 percent payout? That's probably what you should go with. Yeah. And. I suspect another part of it, and, and this just comes from knowing what's part of your retirement package or part of your uh, pension system, is what life insurance policies there are that are on you as a retiree. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff they've got to look at before they go. And uh, that really brings me to my last question, and that is, you know, as firefighters do get to the end of their career, uh, what what are some top financial concerns they should both address ahead of time and, and be worried about? So I, when it comes back to the pension side of it, focusing on that expense aspect is extremely important. Is that pension going to be enough to sustain your lifestyle? Because that's going to tell you whether or not you're going to be able to retire and you know do whatever it is you want, or you're going to have to retire and go do something else for some money. Because if you're, you're living a lifestyle that's going to be above and beyond that pension, you're going to have you know, maybe a rude awakening. So really going back to the budget, you got to analyze that expense size, the expense side of things to know what you're dealing with. And uh, on top of that, something that no firefighter wants to talk about, but everybody is very aware of something called long-term care insurance. Uh, we, you know, most fire departments run medical calls 
Quite often we go to nursing homes. Quite often we go to government run nursing homes. If you've ever been in a, you know, a Medicaid nursing home, they're quite often not the nicest facility and long-term care, you know, once you get up into advanced age can be a huge expense that taps out the best of pensions, the best of retirement savings quite quickly. So long-term care can be an expensive, uh, it can be an expensive form of insurance, but when it comes to ending up in that nursing home that you're very familiar with, that you hate going to two or three times a shift, it can be one of the most important things that you look at moving into retirement. And it's something that you truly have to look at fairly early on, you know, mid fifties at the latest early sixties, because eventually you are not going to qualify for that policy. No insurance company is going to write it for you, uh, especially with, you know, quite often we start to develop adverse health conditions, different forms of cancer, whatever, as firefighters it makes it very hard to qualify for those policies unless you get them early on. And, you know, nobody really likes to talk about long-term care, I've had that conversation with a lot of firefighters and nobody wants to bite the bullet and, and have that expense. So if if you fall into that category, you need to have adequate savings set aside to do your best to self-insure. That means not tapping into, the, you know, just living off your pension and not tapping into that 457 or, or IRA or whatever else you have in reserve to pay for some of those expenses down the road because whether we like it or not we we might all feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof when we're working for the fire department but one day we're going to be that old frail guy who's you know laying in bed with a diaper on like that's going to be us one day whether you like it or not yeah yeah and i think um that's what a, a lot of people always look at that other guy and say that'll never be me and Until the reality is we are them yeah, uh, we are all of them. So it's great stuff. Um, I appreciate your time with us today. I want to recap some of what Matthew talked about. You talked about four financial principles and uh, those four principles just in rapid fire. Spend less than you make. Avoid obvious mistakes. Save, save, save. That's one principle, folks. And then the fourth one, avoid financial envy. You don't always have to keep up with the Joneses. We also talked about focusing on uh, financial health. You know, I know I do a lot of teaching and talking about focusing on moral focus, physical strength and mental uh, stability uh, and never really focus on financial health in my presentation. So you've given me something here to add uh, to what I, I was calling a tetrahedron. Um, now I've got to figure out a new shape. So we'll uh, we'll add that to the presentation. It's good stuff. Talking about size up, you know, we talk about uh, where you are where you want to go, what your net worth is, what your goals are, and what the objectives are. How are you going to get there? Uh, then um, talking about the ways to strengthen your financial health, uh, the number one um, piece that Matthew talked about was avoid credit card debt. I don't know how many times uh, I've heard that over the years, and uh, it certainly has done me well to heed that advice. And then number two in there about strengthening uh, your financial health is to have an emergency fund. Make sure that uh, you've got funds there just in case. We talked about COVID and we talked about general uh, um, disasters and, and times over times. And um, the tagline from that is that financial chaos is always lurking. And uh, you need to make sure you as firefighters need uh, to make sure that you're always in a posture where uh, you're, you, you have adopted and adapted to this. And that is 
that it's always better to prepare than to repair. And in this case, we're specifically talking about your financial health and financial well-being. And then, uh, as we talked about uh, pension payouts, and uh, both Matthew and I both talked about, um, you know, what's your, what's your purpose in life going to be? And that's his point is, what's next? Know what's next in your life. And then finally, we talked about pensions. And, uh, we, you know, there's a lot of information out there. And I'll remind everybody again, it's very complex issues, uh, not rocket science, but it is complex issues. And uh, there's a lot of good information on FireRescue1.com uh, from Matthew and from others. But Matthew talked about, uh, you know, as you as you think about retiring, and this is building up to retirement, what you need to think about is you think about retiring, you think about your lifestyle and your income. Make sure that you've really analyzed that and, and make sure that you are prepared to uh, have enough income for what your lifestyle is or what you think it's going to be. And then take a serious look at uh, long-term care policies. Or if you're not going to buy into long-term care policy, be prepared with your savings because we are going to be that guy that he talked about. Matthew, I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to thank our listeners for joining us here on Side Alpha Podcast. Join us on FireRescue1.com and FireChief.com for all the latest news and information affecting the fire service worldwide. This is Mark Basher, Executive Editor for FireRescue1.com. Keep safe, stay smart, and take care.